What if I told you that there is a framework that can explain and guide any interaction between any human being in any time, in any place, and it's based around something that's right in front of us every day? Not only is it right in front of us every day, it's something that most of us think we understand, but very, very few of us ever unlock its true potential. And the thing is, when we do, we have a brand new set of ideas that we can use to help understand the world, understand people, and help everyone get what they want, which is very good for you and me. It's very good for the people that we serve, which means that it's also very good for business. It's time to pull back the curtain on the key to understanding all human interaction that's right in front of you every day. Welcome to Speaking of Numbers, the podcast where we empower accounting executives and advisors to go beyond the numbers to become confident, memorable communicators and thought leaders. And when you do, it means you become the trusted expert in your field, you become the obvious choice for your clients, and you become a hero to yourself and to your team. My name is Jeff Barch, howdy, and uh, I've spent over 20 years in Hollywood shaping content for clients, including ABC, NBC, Disney, Apple, Netflix, and a whole bunch of others. And when I was in that world, I came to realize that the communication that Hollywood is known for doesn't just apply to movies or TV. It's powerful for sure, but the power behind that is way bigger. Communication that stays in your heart or mind for years, maybe even changing your life, that kind of communication is a game changer for business, especially for client advisory services that require high levels of trust. And the good news is that that level of communication is not just for Hollywood royalty or people standing on a stage giving a keynote or a TED Talk. It comes from ideas that are available to anyone who seeks them and applies them to their own life. And that is what I'm laying out for you right here in this limited edition podcast. And yes, this is, for the record, a limited edition podcast. There will not be hundreds of episodes of this. Uh, this is all planned out on purpose with a limited number of specific episodes with specific topics that all build on themselves. So make sure that you start from the beginning so that you can get all the ideas and tools in the right order so that you can start putting them into use for yourself. The other day, I went to ChatGPT and I typed in, ChatGPT, please show me examples of people who had something valuable but didn't realize the power of what they had. And ChatGPT says, absolutely, how about these? And I start seeing examples of people like Hedy Lamar. Now, if you know who Hedy Lamar is, you probably know her as an actress during the golden age of Hollywood in the 1940s and 1950s. What most people don't know is that she was also an inventor. In 1942, she and her collaborator, George Antheil, received a U.S. patent for their invention of something called frequency hopping, which was used by the U.S. Navy to help guide torpedoes during World War II. Now, Lamar and Anthill didn't realize that their invention would lay the foundation for revolutionizing modern communication with wireless technologies like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Then there was James Watt. He was a Scottish inventor in the 1700s who made huge improvements to something that already existed, but he took it to the next level. 
with his work on the steam engine. In fact, his work was so revolutionary that people didn't refer to it as the steam engine, they referred to it as the Watt engine for a long time. And uh, his original idea was that his machine would be used for pumping water out of underground mines, which they did, but that was just the beginning. James Watt didn't realize that his inventions would transform the face of transportation, of industry, and the overall direction of Western society. And then there was the Italian math teacher. He lived in Venice, Italy, in the late 1400s, in the middle of the Italian Renaissance. And he started learning and collecting everything he could find about numbers and geometry and ratios, and he started writing textbooks for his students. Eventually, he published a massive 600-page book in the year 1494 that included anything anyone could ever want to know about numbers and math. Now, he didn't invent the ideas. Many of them had existed for thousands of years, but he did collect them and he explained them. And actually, I will say, there are entire sections of this huge book that are copied directly from other writers without giving them credit at all. One way or another, uh, the math teacher collected these ideas. But he didn't realize how important the section of his book would be where he talked about how merchants in Venice ran their businesses. How every transaction didn't have just one entry, it had two. His he had no way of knowing that his description of assets, liabilities, equity, income, and expenses would become the entire language that would drive business around the planet today, over 500 years later. The name of that book, published in Venice in 1494, was Summa de Arithmetica, Geometria, Proportioni et Proportionalita, and the math teacher's name was Luca Pacioli. He is known today as the father of accounting. Now, for all his geeking out over geometry and ratios, he had no way of knowing the full power of his writings on accounting. And it's the same way with most of us today when we hear the word story, and we think we know what it means. But just like Hedy Lamar and James Watt and Luca Pacioli, we don't realize the true impact of what's already available to us. And the fact is, I've been in the same boat for most of my own life. I knew that the things that I was learning and teaching for over 40 years were powerful, but I didn't realize why and how these ideas can be applied to business in an equally powerful way. Now, if you look me up, if you look up Jeff Barch, you will see probably that, that I spent 20 years in Hollywood and that I worked for ABC and NBC and Disney and Apple and Netflix. And it would be reasonable to say, oh, well, that's where you learned about story and communication. And uh, for a long time, I thought that making TV and movies was the point, that that's where the power came from. Uh, what I didn't realize was that the power came from something much bigger and more important to human connection than just movies or TV, as powerful as they are. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but I actually started learning about the true power behind these things when I was a kid, and I started poking out melodies on our family piano in the living room at age four. That's when my mom said, get this kid some lessons, and I started classical training. And very soon, I started gravitating towards Bach and Mozart uh, as I got better and better at this music 
stuff with piano. And the reason that I liked that was uh, for people who are familiar with classical music, you'll know that Bach and Mozart are very technical. They're, they don't have the most notes in there, they, but they're very clean and precise. And you have to be clean and precise to be able to play them well. But what that meant was you could play the notes on the page pretty much just as they were. And everyone said, oh, Jeff, you're amazing. And uh, that was the journey for me. Uh, I spent the next years of my life, 20 years, being known as Jeff the Piano Guy. And it started with me playing the notes on the page with all this classical music. And so as I continued learning more about music, I got a lot of my reps in on Sunday mornings in church. And so I, I'd play Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I'd play in midweek service after midweek service. And so there was a day when one of the older musicians at church came to me and she said, you know, Jeff, it's all well and good for you to play the notes on the page, but when you get older, you need to learn how to play from your soul. Now, I was 10, maybe 11 years old when I heard this, and uh, I was in elementary school, and I thought this idea had, had to be the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. What do you mean? How do you play from your soul? I'm because if you, if you mean using emotions, emotions are dumb. Emotions are stupid. And because uh, in the meantime, I'm just playing what's on the page. I'm doing the best that I can. And everyone's saying, Jeff, you're amazing. So I decided to ignore the lady and continued to for many years until after a while, after multiple years, when I got to the point when I was actually learning to do exactly that, to take a regular uh, a, a regular way of playing this music and actually bringing it to life, taking the notes off the page and elevating them to something that people could actually connect to emotionally. Uh, that's when people started changing the way that they interacted with me. Instead of coming up to me later and saying, oh, Jeff, you're such an amazing piano player. You're awesome. And I just go pat myself on the back. They said things like, Jeff, thank you for playing that song today. That song was the song that I really needed to hear today. Thank you for that. And every once in a while, when everything lined up and uh, th there, would, there would be one person every once in a while who came up to me and said, Jeff, the way you brought the music today and the way that you, the, the way that everything worked, uh, your music brought me into an encounter with God. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you do. It's you, your music is such an encouragement. So that's the time when I realized that, okay, this is number one, this is much bigger than me and there's something powerful going on here and I need to get my ego out of the way and figure this stuff out. And it was the it was the beginning of me learning how to take an ordinary message and turning it into something extraordinary. And that's what I continued doing over and over for years to come. When I got into junior high, I started doing the same thing with music recording and and multi-track production. I got into high school and I was the only kid in my high school of 200 people in Northwest Iowa in a town of a thousand people. Uh, I was the only one who cared about video at all. So I had to be with the one man band and I learned about video production, how to elevate a regular boring video into something that would captivate audiences. 
Um, same thing happened in radio in college and film school. And then, only then, did I get into my professional career making TV in Hollywood. And at first, I thought all these things were separate. I thought they were all separate you know, separate pursuits. But after years of little pieces dropping into place like a puzzle, I could finally see that it was different tactical versions of the same strategy. Taking an ordinary message and elevating it to something extraordinary with powerful results. And that's what I do now. I help accounting executives and advisors take ordinary communication and elevate it to the extraordinary through communication skills and strategic storytelling. Now, this is the part where most people tend to scratch their heads and ask, okay, Jeff, so how on earth did you go from making TV in Hollywood to coaching accountants? Which is a totally fair question. <laughs> About five years into my career editing TV, uh, I saw that I was headed toward an income ceiling. And I didn't want to be boxed into just one income stream, so I started learning about online business and coaching, which, as it turns out, I'd been doing teaching and coaching ever since I was in junior high, giving piano lessons, helping my piano students learn the basic skills of, of the piano so they could elevate their communication. Turns out I've been doing all of this for a very long time. Uh, so what I ended up doing was I started applying what I had learned in Hollywood and I started doing uh, group coaching to young TV editors who wanted to do what I was doing. Uh, assistant editors, young TV editors who wanted to be full-time I uh, sitting in the editor's chair for broadcast television. That worked. Uh, that worked until I wanted to expand the target market teaching creative video editing skills to uh, content creators and independent video editors. And that brought me to a time that I refer to as my business desert, because what that became was years of offering solutions to people who didn't have a real problem and they didn't have money to pay to have, to have that problem fixed. To say it was frustrating would be an understatement. It just sucked. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I, I kept seeing all these examples of people who are doing online business and people making courses. And, I, and I'm sitting here going, man, why is this not working? What am I missing? And uh, for a while, I stopped business building completely uh, until one day I was reading about the latest research in storytelling. Uh, it talked about scientists were using fMRI machines, you know, functional magnetic resonance imaging technology, and uh, to, to talk about how hearing a story literally causes our brains to dump hormones into our blood, and we end up with feelings of empathy and understanding and trust. And I thought, huh, what areas of business need large amounts of trust? I thought, oh, what about companies that offer high value services to clients? And that's when I started down the path of communication coaching for business experts and consultants. During that time, a fractional CFO company called Summit Virtual CFO by Anders approached me and they asked for help developing their in-house experts as public thought leaders. 
talked about this a little bit in the previous episode. So here's the, here's the next part to that. I ended up working with them for over a year and it went so well that one day I was talking with Summit's co-founder, Jody Grunden. Uh, and I told Jody, I said, man, it's been so great working with you guys. You guys are so cool. Uh, I've decided to move. I'll focus all of my coaching work on communication and thought leader development. And he said, not only is that a great idea, he said, you should actually niche it down even further to accounting firms with client advisory services. And by the way, make sure you use us as a case study. So that's what I did. And that is how Jeff, the piano guy went to film school, spent 20 years in Hollywood, elevating ordinary to the, ordinary TV to the extraordinary and now helps accounting advisors to do the same thing in their own worlds. Now, time for some inside baseball, which is ironic because I am absolutely terrible at almost anything athletic. Back in that high school of 200 people in a town of a thousand people, uh, that was one of the main reasons that I ended up focusing so heavily on video production in high school because I found out that if I pointed the camera, if I stood on the sidelines of the basketball court or the football field and pointed the camera at the people who were actually good at the sports, I could make videos about them and they could look good and I got to survive. So, hey, it all works out. So, back at the beginning of this episode... I told you that there is a framework that can help us understand the world, understand people, and help everyone get what they want, which is very good for you and me. It's very good for the people that we serve, which means it's also very good for business. Now, if I told you straight up at the beginning that the framework is based around story, guaranteed it would have been far less interesting to you than the process of introducing the idea by demonstrating it, which is what I've been doing. And you'll notice... I've been telling stories along the way, but there's more going on than just me talking about the church lady telling me to play from my soul and the co-founder of a virtual CFO company giving me advice. So what you, what, if you look back at this episode so far, you see it started with a big promise of what this can do for you, of what the benefit is to you. It went into the introduction of what this podcast is, who it's for, and that it's different than most podcasts. It's a limited edition, so start from the beginning, listen to the episodes in order. And then I gave examples of people who didn't know the full impact of what they had right in front of them. Why? Because I wanted to plant that idea in your head, that there is something super valuable on the way for you too. Now, you know why I talked about Hedy Lamar instead of Alexander Graham Bell, who thought that his invention of the telephone was just going to be an invention to help people who are hard of hearing? Because history, frankly, is filled with examples of thinkers and scientists and inventors who were men. And I talked about Hedy Lamar because I wanted to include an example featuring a woman. Because I wanted to speak to the idea that women have an important place in a traditionally male-dominated field like accounting. Ladies, you are needed, especially in client advisory. You know why I talked about an Italian math geek named Luca Pacioli instead of an Italian math geek, math geek like Leonardo Bigolo, better known as Fibonacci? Because Fibonacci sequences are cool, but the guy who wrote the book on how balance sheets work deserves the title of father of accounting. And that's the crowd I'm looking to, to connect with right here. Now, with my own origin story, why didn't I tell some big fancy story about my time in Hollywood? Now, 
I do have some cool Hollywood stories, but I mostly reference my time in Hollywood because it's a point of credibility to be a storyteller from the storytelling capital of the world. And also, it's a serious feat to survive in Hollywood at all, never mind for 20 years. Why did I tell you about the lady who told me to play from my soul? Check this out. Because stories from childhood are a powerful point of connection between anyone. Because we've all been there. You know, at some point, we've all been kids who thought we knew everything and someone else helped us to see the world differently. That moment, frankly, I, I'm kind of blown away that I remember that moment in my life at all. Uh, it, it was a total throwaway thing, but it just so happens that that unimpressive throwaway moment in my life as an elementary school kid, it just so happens that it can be used to explain the value of what I've been doing my whole life. Guaranteed, you have those kind of things in your life as well. And when I do my job right, my own story doesn't just ramble on and give the vibe of, oh, Jeff thinks this, Jeff thinks he's all that, so he's going to talk all about himself. In a perfect world, when I've done my job well, you understand that I'm telling that story about me elevating the ordinary to the extraordinary because I believe that you have the power to do the same thing for yourself. Which, by the way, you absolutely do. Guaranteed. This is just part of the things that go into shaping just this one episode. So with all that set up, here are some of the core concepts behind what I've been doing here and what I help advisors put into place in their own world. One more thing. Now, it's possible that some people hearing me might think something like, good grief, dude. You've spent all this time doing the setup and telling us what you're going to tell us. Just get to the point already and tell us the framework. Now, if that's you, no worries. We're getting there. I'll tell you the framework in just a bit. But know this. For anyone who skips through everything leading up to this moment and just goes right to the core concepts, guaranteed they will, you will not understand them or retain them in your mind in the same way as someone who's been on the whole journey so far. It's like someone who walks in on the final climactic scene of an amazing movie and you're sitting there and your mind is blown and you're going, ah, oh, this is incredible. And the other person who just walks in sees it and goes, eh, they don't get it because they haven't been on the journey. Same thing here. The journey counts. We're all on the journey together. So let's talk about first things of story. It, it can be so easy to dismiss the idea of story because we think we know what it is. It feels super familiar because, frankly, it is crazy familiar to us. We've heard stories all our lives, and we're actually living out the story of our own life every minute that we're alive. It should feel familiar. Now, unfortunately, the saying is true. Familiarity can and often does breed contempt, it's a lot harder to truly value the things that we always have. Now, here is what hardly anyone knows about story. It exists in two sides, the tactical and the strategic. Tactical. This is what everyone thinks of when we hear the word story or tell me a story. It's talking over the water cooler. It's telling friends or family what happened over the weekend. It's me talking about the lady telling me to play from your soul. Uh, every day, 
we see storytelling and we see it done badly, but we also see it done well. Now, unfortunately, most people do it badly. I mean, how many times have we sat in front of someone just going on and on with a story who didn't have any point and they, it's just, it, and it was just bad. And we're going, okay, if that's what storytelling is, I don't want that. That is not, <laughs> that is not helpful. Um, so because of that, we tend to think that story is this average boring thing. But even when it's done well, we think it's for the favored few, for the people who are standing on a stage giving a keynote or some author on a bestseller list or maybe professional storytellers in Hollywood making TV or movies or whatever. Spoiler alert. Great storytelling is based on skills. Skills can be learned. Storytelling is available to anyone. Period. Full stop. Now, the other level of storytelling is the concept of strategic storytelling. And that's why I always want to elevate the conversation to this idea of strategic storytelling. It's the big 30,000 foot view of why this all works. Whenever you hear a tactical story told well, this strategic level is where the power comes from. Now, in order to understand strategic storytelling, we have to understand the core definition of what a story is. If you're familiar with the writings of Donald Miller, uh, this comes from some of his early writings and it's, and it's been expanded upon by yours truly. Uh, I say to my clients that the definition of a story is a character who wants something, overcomes obstacles to get it, and experiences transformation as a result. I will repeat that because it is worth repeating. A story is where a character wants something, overcomes obstacles to get it, and experiences transformation as a result. When you elevate the idea of a story to this, what we end up with are what I refer to as fundamental narrative elements. You have the ideas of identity, who this character is. You have the object, uh, you have the idea of desires. The character wants something. What is it that they want? And anytime you want something significant, there will always be something getting in your way. You have obstacles. You have identity, desire, and obstacles. And so you work like crazy to get around the obstacles to see if this character with the desire can get what they want. And one way or another, at the end of this, there is always some kind of change. Sometimes it happens in the external world. Sometimes it happens inside the character. Sometimes it happens in other places, inside other characters. But this is the, this is the level at which strategic storytelling works. Identity, desire, obstacles, and change. I mean, this stuff affects everything whether you realize it or not, it is literally operating at the same level of gravity. It is that fundamental to human existence. You can see that this definition of story explains every movie and every TV show ever made. It also explains every story ever told. It also describes every book ever written, ever, every headline ever written, every proposal ever written, every email ever written, and every one-on-one -on -one conversation that's ever taken place, every merger, every acquisition, every projection. When you truly think about that definition 
of a character who wants something, overcomes obstacles to get it, and experiences transformation as a result, it actually describes any interaction between any human being ever. Including, by the way, the moment-by-moment unfolding of my life and yours. So when I talk about the idea of story as a framework that can explain and guide any interaction between any human being in any time and any place, and it's based around something that's right in front of us every day, if people, if people say, Jeff, are, are you sure you're not exaggerating that? I promise you, I'm not. This is not an exaggeration. When we understand strategic storytelling, we start plugging things in like an equation. We start plugging in things and people into those spaces in the definition. When we understand who we're talking to, what they want, what's getting in their way, and then we come alongside them to help them overcome those obstacles and experience the change that they're looking for, that is strategic storytelling in action. Now, that is what I do with my clients, and that is what we do as advisors every day. This is how we can actually have a powerful conversation with someone and never even use a tactical story at all. A lot of the time, I used to, you know, for, there was a very long time that I was the guy in Hollywood waving the flag of story, and that was my hammer. And to me, all the world looked like a nail, just hammered with that storytelling nail. Well, the fact is, I was thinking about tactical storytelling, and tactical storytelling is not always the answer. Sometimes it is. It's a super powerful tool, just like a hammer is, but you don't always want to use a hammer. So tactical storytelling is what most people think of. But when we understand the strategic level of of storytelling, we understand that strategic storytelling is not just a way of communicating. It is a way of thinking that informs our doing. Here's an example of how I built out a strategically crafted story for Dan, one of my clients. He currently is the lead VCFO in the transportation and logistics vertical at Summit Virtual CFO by Anders. And uh, my task was to help him prepare and deliver a public presentation based around the company's core accounting process. And uh, one of the main pieces of the presentation was Dan's origin story. And uh, most people at that point would say, you know, they would get on the presentation and the host would say, hey, Dan, tell us a little bit about your background and who you are. And most people would say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm on the virtual CFO team here, and I started out in public accounting, and then one of my business clients hired me as their controller, then I moved up to CFO, and I've been in the transportation industry for the last 20 years. So that's a little bit about me, so let's dive into the presentation. Please, please don't do that. That is not an origin story. That, my friend, is a checklist. I did this and this and this and this and that. No, that is not a story. Here's how we crafted Dan's origin story in a way that told his audience, number one, he knows what he's talking about. And number two, he understands them and what they care about. And because because of that, this presentation is worth their time. Now, before we went digging for a tactical story, we had to think of the strategic situation because that always comes first. We had to reverse engineer 
for the deliverable in light of the audience and the goal of the tactical story. For those playing along at home, I'm going to repeat that because it's a big deal. We had to reverse engineer for the deliverable in light of the audience and the goal of the strategic story. Because most people, when they say, what story should I tell that's really going to connect with my audience? Most people do it backwards. They start from the beginning. They say, oh, well, what's the best story that I can tell? If you do that, you will drown in your source material because we all have an entire lifetime of source material. So don't do that. As Stephen Covey says, you need to begin with the end in mind. You need to work backwards. So here's a scenario. We wanted to craft a two to three minute story for an industry metrics presentation that positions Dan as the expert who knows what he's talking about and that his audience can trust him because he truly understands them. So we started applying that story definition in light of Dan's audience for his presentation. Who are they? What do they want? What's keeping them up at night? And we started exploring things under the thing within the trucking and logistics industry, which is what I'm going to dig into in the next episode. So make sure you check that out. It is crazy powerful. Uh, we talked about the typical scenarios that trucking and logistics companies go through financially. And after all that conversation, it became clear what story needed to be told. And it went like this. During his public accounting days, Dan got a call from one of his clients who owned a trucking company, and he asked if they could meet Dan over lunch. So they met, they're sitting across the table from each other, and Dan was a little surprised because his client was normally happy and confident, but Dan could tell that there was something weighing on his client's mind. And as they talked, it turned out that, uh, you know, Dan was wondering if the business was doing okay, if they're about to fold or something like that. Not only was the business okay, it was growing so fast that uh, the growing was so good that the owner was feeling the need to expand his capacity with more equipment. Big time capital expenditure. And this is where the client was feeling the pressure. He was considering buying 100 truck trailers for about $1.4 million, which was a lot of money for him at the time. And this client was so used to having the answers to grow his company, but he finally had to admit that he was in over his head on this one. And uh, the decision was a big one for him because depending on the number of trailers he bought and depending how he structured the financing, the deal could either take his company to the next level or it could seriously damage the company, if not take it down, if things truly went south. So Dan asked him some questions and they considered the, they continued the conversation over the next few days. And Dan showed him some projections of how things might work in different scenarios. And having those answers allowed Dan to, uh, to have his client make the choice on his own, knowing that he had the right information and the right advisor in his corner. And in the presentation, Dan said, that's the kind of thing we do for our clients here. And he moved right into the company's core process of how they do it. This is just one example of using strategic storytelling to craft a tactical story. There are lots and lots of variations on how that might work for you in your advisory scenarios, whether it's talking one-on-one -on -one with a client or talking with the board or giving an online webinar or giving a keynote at an industry conference or whatever situation there is. Uh, but what it all comes back to 
is that core definition of what a story is. A character who wants something, overcomes obstacles to get it, and experiences transformation as a result. I promise you, if you print that definition out, if you put it on your wall and you apply it to your interactions with other people, it has the power to change the way you connect to anyone you come into contact with. And at this point, it might feel like uh, there are a lot of ways that this can be put into use. Can you give some more examples? The answer is yes, I can and I will. There will be more and more examples throughout every episode of this podcast. So keep listening to the next episodes. And if you're feeling that these ideas are powerful and you'd like help zeroing in on the exact way to bring these ideas to life for you or your team, I am available for one-on-one coaching or group coaching with a handful of clients each month. If you would like to have a conversation, a complimentary, no obligation conversation about what that might look like, reach out via email to hello at storygreenlight.com. And these, these tools and frameworks that I'm talking about here have already brought revenue, client retention, human-driven marketing content, and personal fulfillment to our coaching clients. And I'd love to see how we can bring these same kind of results for you. Again, reach out to hello at storygreenlight.com and make sure to check out the next episode where we talk about an idea that enables even the most boring ideas to be brought to life in an exciting, compelling way. It is also the most, the closest thing I've ever found to an idea that creates emotional superglue between you and your audience. In this case, you and your clients, Uh, even if the only thing in front of you is a stack of numbers. Until then, I'm Jeff Barch. This is Speaking of Numbers, and I'll see you in the next episode.